there's nothing wrong with the car, except that it's on fire. From one late great walker to another, ladies and gentlemen, and other variations thereupon, this is Too Faff, Too Curious. Fast and the Furious. Ja Rule or one, yeah, yeah, it's A modern escapism special series with myself, Biggie, and my co-host and our our esteemed editor, Gadget. Hello. As you probably worked out already, we will be covering the first Fast and Furious movies, of which there are nine so far to watch, and the tenth one may already have been completed during this episode. We both know very little about the series, so before we fasten our seatbelt for the first breakdown, Gadget, what's your interest in cars? Um, I like cars. Uh, I'm not a huge, I'm not a petrol head by any stretch of the imagination, but I like cars. I like nice cars. I'm not really that bothered about particularly fast cars. Yeah. My interest with cars is kind of like, you know, posh cars, luxury cars, electric cars, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Don't ask me to fix one. Like, I look under the bonnet of a car and I know where to put the fluids in and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, same as me. Well, we're probably the two worst people to choose for this podcast. I mean, oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for my choice, um, I was a big fan of the 80s kind of cars, so like the Miami Vice, Testarossa. Oh, of course um, you were. <laughs> the uh, Steve McQueen's Bullet, which I know was in the 70s, uh, his Ford Mustang GT. Um, yeah. Lamborghini Countach for that yeah. 80s style. The Dodge Charger, the Pontiac Fiber Trans Am for a Knight Rider, Starsky and Hutch, Ford Torino, all of the icons. But then, yeah, at some point I just... I guess dropped off. I just nowadays I can tell you what is a good car. I, I drive a Nissan Qashqai. So there you go. Oh, so you really have given up on cars? <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> the Japanese make great cars. They do. They, they do. Just the Qashqai isn't one of them. Oh, ouch. Mm. Okay. You want to see my car with my Bose speakers? <laughs> anyway, swiftly moving on into the fast lane. We're going to be covering Fast and Furious. This movie came out in 2001. It was directed by Rob Cohen. The Metacritic score currently stands at 58, with a Rotten Tomatoes score of 54%. Mm. This is actually, um, I guess the score kind of works as well, because in a lot of lists I've noticed it comes in the middle of the series as a a popular movie. So there are fans of this series, obviously. Um, I know a few of the guys in the pod, they like it. I think they're a bit worried about us covering this. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Stig especially, uh, Stig and Noodles especially, are quite worried about what we're going to say about these films. And we do have thoughts. Many. <laughs> so um, a brief rundown of the cast. So you've got uh, Van Diesel uh, plays Dom Toretto. Paul Walker plays Brian Spiner. Is it Spilner? Spiner. Uh, Sp- Spilner at the start, and then it's revealed he's Brian O'Connor later on. Um, Michelle Rodriguez as Letty, Jordana Brewster as Mia, Chad Lindbergh as Jesse, Rick Yoon as Tran, Jenny Strong as Leon, um, and Matt Schultz as Vince. Oh, that should be Johnny Strong. I don't know why it's got Jenny. 
So apologies. <laughs> so let's get on with the plot then. So the movie starts on a deserted highway. A heist crew driving three modified Honda Civics assault a truck carrying electronic goods, steal its cargo and escape into the night. This um, opening is definitely setting the scene. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, from from stunt work perspective, it's very impressive. Exactly. It's deeply silly. It might be the silliest thing I've ever seen <laughs> until we get to the rest of the film. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's impressive. I mean, the the, the uh, driving the Civic underneath the, underneath the yeah. trailer. I assume that that inspired a lot of people to get into some car accidents in the future, because that seems like a very iconic thing to see. And then it's just like I know idiots will have seen this and tried it. And it looks real as well. Uh, I think this is certainly pre sort of CGI for a stunt like that. Maybe you might not be pulled off nowadays. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it looks really cool. But um, <laughs> with the truck, the container at the beginning, um, it's not really packed realistically. They obviously show the back of the truck to show you what's in there. Yeah. And it's, well, no, it's not the most impressive haul, is it? It's some DVDs, some combi TV like, and video players. Yeah. And it's it seems that, I mean, when you think about it, if you steal enough trucks like that, yeah, you'll make a profit. But where are you going to sell these things to? Like, if you if you were, I mean, this is kind of then falling into this kind of Hollywood logic, and we're only in the first bloody scene of the film. But <laughs> this Hollywood logic, where if if you steal these, where, they've been shipped over from China or Japan, where they've been made. Where, what are you going to do with them? Are you just going to sell them a car boot sales for all eternity? You know. <laughs> and they're so stacked in this truck, but there's no sort of safety wrapping around it so literally the first corner of the truck goes round they're all going to topple onto each other it's really bizarre packaging well, yeah that's, I mean that's Hollywood suspension it is, disbelief it is. isn't it, it, it it's just it, it's, it's so the audience can see what they're nicking because if it's if it's all wrapped up as you would move a truck genuinely you're not going to see what it is no but they do refer to later in the movie something along the lines of the overall hijacking that's been done totals six million dollars which seems like that would have been a hell of a lot of hijacking to hit that figure, but there you go. It's a hell of a lot of DVD players. <laughs> and it involves the elaborate hijack is just ridiculous that they repeat throughout the movie, firing a mm. grappling hook through the, to pull the windscreen <laughs> off the truck, and then, then fire the a second one into the chair and then to jump across to climb up into the truck. Just uh, wait. I mean, the driver's just sitting there waiting for the thief to climb through the window. There are many yeah. opportunities to stop this happening. Yeah, it's absolute madness. Yeah, very entertaining though. Um, so yeah, why they don't just stop the truck and then just get all the cargo from it instead of doing that? But there you go. It sets the scene for this movie and the madness that follows. Um, the following yes. day, uh, a joint Los Angeles Police Department and FBI task force. Send LAPD officer Brian O'Connor. Brian, not the the hardest name, really. No. For <laughs> it's a good, good, solid name. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, not I'm, an action star name. Apologies to any Brians that listen, but uh, it's not really esteemed as a super tough guy uh, image, uh, like my own. Um, undercover to uh, locate the crew. He begins his investigation at Toretto's Market and flirts with its owner Mia. Um, the sister of the infamous street racer Dominic Toretto. Um, he literally it's pointed out that he's been there for three weeks in a row, undercover eating tuna. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, this this all scene. So so this bit, and also when kind of Dominic's crew kind of turns up to fuck around with their uh, Brian. 
It's um, it's just really dreadful dialogue. Yeah, like it's, and and it's something this film is slightly guilty of, I guess, because of the style of film it is. It it's one of like three or f- well five or six kind of real heavy exposition dumps, <laughs> that, with a lot of dialogue that doesn't tell you anything. Like all you kind of come away from that knowing at the end, um, it because it, he you likes know, tuna. It, yeah, you, you, well, he likes Mia. Like that's the that's the thing. He likes Mia, and he works for a guy called Harry. Is it Harry? Yeah, yeah. yeah Harry. Because um, obviously you don't know at this point that Brian's a policeman. No. Even though he's the most obvious policeman in the fucking world. <laughs> he just he, He's just rocking up to this... Yeah. Uh, to, to this kind of mini-market kind of thing in the middle of the uh, um, LA suburb. Scoping it a, out for it, three weeks. Yeah. In a high-performance vehicle with his little, nice little curly frosted tips hair and just, <laughs> just walks in flirting about terrible tuna... <laughs> and oh, it's just dreadful. Like, and I think like so. This is my first time encountering Paul Walker as an actor. Yeah, because I, 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 you know, he did other stuff other than Fast and Furious, but yes. I haven't seen anything else he's been in. He's dreadful. Mm. He can't say a line to save his life. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a lot of staring with his beautiful yeah. eyes. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. The, the, the man is gorgeous. The man mm. is a statue. There was a statue of a, of, of a being. Yeah. But good lord, the man cannot act. No. And also, and this is just my aside on this one. His voice is nothing like I expected. He's got this weird kind of lazy Californian bum yes. kind of sound yeah, to him. Yeah. I kind of expected his voice to be closer to Vin Diesel's for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, so like, so he's there flirting with Mia and then what I like to call the brain trust, which is Vince, Leon, Jesse and Letty, they all turn up and they decide to, you know, well, Apart from Letty, they all decide to be the hard man and try and fuck up his day. I mean, they're not stereotypes at all. You've got the sexy no, no. girl, who obviously is a petrol head <laughs> as well, the big leader, the right hand man, the nerdy cool guy. Yeah. And yeah, they just act like meatheads and just yeah, start yeah. fucking around with them. And, you know, casually assault a man in the, in, in the street who, granted, he's been there every day for three weeks, but he hasn't actually done anything to them other than no. talk to Mia. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, if he was there, quite obviously scooping the joint, or like quite obviously doing something that they shouldn't like, like okay, fine, beat on him. He's just talking to somebody and flirting <laughs> with someone who's flirting back with him. Yeah, and he was even leaving as well when they turned up. So then they started him as he's walking away. Is yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and then you get that. You get the, that line about um, uh, when Vin Diesel comes to break it all up. You know, because got to flex the muscles, got to be the big man. Yeah. Um. He's he's kind of he's kind of coming out telling like saying like, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so you work for Harry, don't you? He says yeah. He says no, you don't anymore, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, hang on a second, why do you have Paul? You buy shit from this guy because so Paul Walker's character Brian works for well works for quote unquote yeah. Harry's Harry, auto shop. Harry's auto shop, which is a performance tuning shop, which ostensibly. Um, Dominic Toretto buys a lot of shit for for his garage. So why would why would I know Dominic is like a big name in illegal street racing, but why would why would he piss off his supplier? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something to do with he has a debt or something with him, but it's still um, like the owner has the debt with Dominic for some right. reason. But it's still not quite why he has the authority to say who he hires. 
because it's got no reflection on him at all. It's just like I've so, you're suddenly unemployed because I say so. And it's like, but you haven't done anything yet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and this Very is nice. what the first three minutes of the film. Yeah. Because you get then Brian goes back to um to his place of employ. Yeah. And starts instead of you know going in and doing his job. Because, again, it hasn't been established at this point that he's an undercover cop. He just starts telling Harry, I need NOS. I need this. I need that. And just starts, like, listing things that he needs for his car. It's like, he's your boss. Like, yeah, why are you talking to him like yeah, that? Yeah, it's really, because, again, we still don't know quite what he's doing. So it's just so it's such a random scene. You're right. It's very, yeah. very odd. And can and I also point, point out that, no, that NOS is a character in this film? <laughs> yeah. NOS, for those who aren't aware, is nitrous oxide, which is used in performance street racing because it um, increases the increases the amount of explosions in the engine, which makes it faster. Yeah. And I'm fairly sure that they have infinite of it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not running out in this city. No. <laughs> <laughs> Even after they've all blown, blown up. Every, every street racing scene, they just keep jamming that NOS button. <laughs> And the cars just keep accelerating. It everything just breaks the laws of thermodynamics in this film. <laughs> Completely. In, speak- infinite acceleration. <laughs> and speaking of which, that night, Brian brings a modified 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse to an illegal street race, hoping to find a lead on the heist crew. Dominic arrives in his Mazda RX-7 and initiates a drag race between himself, Brian, and two other drivers. So the street racing is got in the background. You've got Limp Biscuit, DMX, Jar Rule, who also appears in this movie, playing in the background. Pip and I um, did, did put a thing in because it was two thousand and one. So we said as the film started, how long before we hear Limp Biscuit? Four minutes. Four <laughs> minutes into the film, we get Limp Biscuit. And actually, it was Rolling Rolling was playing in the background. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> And I don't know about you, but I certainly don't have two thousand spare as a buy-in straight off for the the bet. They all seem no. to be quite rich, considering that they have these really um, possibly low-paid jobs as mechanics. It's very weird. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's flash yeah, cars. If, yeah, I mean the, the cars. I mean, they say later on in the scene they mention that Eclipse is like an eighty grand car, like. <laughs> yeah. A nineteen ninety-five Mitsubishi Eclipse is a, is a, was a lovely car at the time. I know it was, but. If you put what he would have bought that for about ten grand in two thousand and one, and then added seventy grand's worth of equipment to it. Yeah, the only people that would actually be able to drive those cars are the rappers that are providing the soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> the um, I I I I love Jar Rule in this scene mm. because he's so out of place. Yeah, absolutely. And you get that horrifically awkward scene where he's sat in his car. <laughs> And this girl, girl comes over and like takes his hand and puts it on her breast. Yeah. It's a, it's a, this one's always yours, but uh, if you win the race and she put, moves his hand downstairs, you get this one as well. And like, and I, I'm sat there like my mouth's agape. <laughs> it's, a, it's like Jarul. Did Jarul only agree to be in this film on the condition that he got to feel somebody up or something like that? Yeah, totally. And, and that is literally <laughs> pretty much his whole scene in the movie, isn't it? Is that? Um, yeah. I think you see him one more time, like later on in the film, but that's it. Yeah, sorry, yes, you're right. Um, and then we have um, this weird introduction to uh, Paul Walker's car, where he sits there um, talking to himself about how he's going to win the race. You're going to win. I'm going to win. 
I'm not quite sure who he's talking to there. Is he's talking to both himself and his third person? Which is very I think weird. It's, it's, it's a pretty good way to establish that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's like the first hint that he's not a street racer, that he's a, he's a policeman. Um, but like that one kind of tiny moment of character development is then overshadowed by the race itself. Yes. Although they do introduce the Asian stereotype behind the wheel playing possibly Ridge Racer or Gran Turismo <laughs> on his in carved TV before the race. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's, 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 it's the time period of Pimp My Ride. You can see Exhibit Ridge walking down Racer. the streets. <laughs> you see Exhibit walking down the street going, yo, dog, I heard you like racing. I'm going to put a racing game in your racing game. <laughs> the, um, the CGI in the, in the drag race. It's weird, it's isn't not it? Good. It's not good. It's out of place. Well, it's so out of place. Like, like so. Yeah, obviously they're not going to have the actors do a street race like that. So the actors yeah. were always going to be in shell cars with green screen around them. That's yeah. fair enough. But the actual representation of speed in the race, it's like everything CGI on top of like real streets, but not in a good way, and like nothing fits. And it's definitely like early two thousand CGI as well. It's like I thought they were going to be like Tron in a minute and speed bikes. It was yeah, such a was weird a- um, graphical effect. Yeah, it's 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 almost like that point in um two thousand one Space Odyssey where the kind of the space kind of ripples around. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact that um during the race to try and get his speed up, Paul Walker suddenly reaches round, opens his laptop, and basically starts a Windows PowerPoint presentation about fuel injection on a oh, slide. That was- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that what what the fuck was that? That like, was amazing. I just I mean everybody else has got buttons and things underneath and all of a sudden he's got like a fucking command center in his car. He's it's like just... barreling along at hundred miles an hour down 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 the, the the streets that everyone knows in LA are always empty. Yeah. Um <laughs> tapping away on a laptop, not looking where he's driving. <laughs> oh no, the manifold. It's just yeah, it was just crazy. And and then the car just starts to like disintegrate around him like the floor falls out i, I laughed so hard when the all the the bolts are shooting out around in his car and the floor <laughs> falls out oh well, he needs it because i mean the fact that he's lacking funds and he wagered the car in the first place for the bet <laughs> and then cue paul walker angry gear changing pressing accelerators cutting back to every gear it was just how intense can you try and make a gear change it was just it was, they tried so hard to make it look like it was intense. Yeah, the the editing on that whole scene was dreadful. The only bit I did like, I did like um, the as the race started, you got that CGI shot kind of going through the engine, through the turbocharger, yeah, and cool. back. Out. I thought that was really well done. I liked yeah, that a lot. I did and too. then it just went really terrible with the um, with the CGI. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just it, it didn't make any sense. And then the the floor, like you say, falls out of the passenger side with all the nuts and bolts <laughs> flying around, sparks which could completely blow up his car. And then later on, it doesn't seem to be an issue when he picks up Dom after the race when they're running from the police that he gets yeah. into the passenger side that hasn't got a floor anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so that's getting ahead of things. So so you get to the end of the race. Um, Brian came close to beating Dom, but then Dom yeah. kind of like, well, well, Brian's car starts going haywire, so Dom wins it in the end. Um, and you get this, you get this wonderful quote here, which uh, um, uh, which is uh, 
Brian gets out of his car and he's looking happy. He says, I almost had you. To which Dominic responds with, you almost had me. You never had me. You never had your car. (laughs) (laughs) Shakespearean level writing. (laughs) I also do have to point out, and for the scenes kind of leading up to this and through this one, the camera has an obsession with women's bottoms. Oh, yes. I I, I didn't complain about that. That was fine. I I I kind of complain about it. It's this is like male gaze the movie. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it is bad. Like how many women were hired for this film just to be in bikinis or like yep. just to be there? Like I get who this film is aimed at and the time it was released. But it's they didn't still need to do that. Yeah, it's still rough to watch in in twenty twenty one. Yes, I like, totally agree. It's, it's not good. It's not good. Fifteen year olds will fucking love it, but it's not good. <laughs> So then, yeah, um, after the race, once the police uh, eventually find out there's this massive street race going on, um, they all turn out. How would they have not noticed? (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to uh, arrest everybody and they all split off. Um, Dominic has to dump his car in a car park. As he's making his way out, the police go after him. And who comes around the corner to save the day? It's Brian in his car, picks up Dom, and off they go. But of course, they. This, this is like one event after another. As soon as they get out of that, they then get tracked down by the old racing rival, Johnny Tran, because they're in the oh, wrong uh, oh, area. Oh, yes. yes, Asian stereotype 101. Because <laughs> they're on bikes, of course. They're, 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 they're on bikes. They speak with ever so slightly funny accents. One of them's insane. It's not yep. John, uh, John, no, Johnny's brother. What's, it, what's the brother's uh, name? Lance. Lance, that's it. it he, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and like... the. They're Chinese, but they're giving this kind of like Yakuza style yes. image of them. And they're all hopping about on superbikes. And the, the whole scene is quite unnecessary because, of course, they they then have to, ha- you know, they have this meeting under under um, the Chinatown Arch, I think yeah, it is, it in way, LA. Yeah. And it's just like none of this is necessary because they're a really shit antagonist. Yes. And then they, it all ends, and they go off, and then they come back and shoot the shit out of the car. Yeah, for no apparent reason. Just yeah, it, it was, I know why they did it. But it just seemed like so out of the context of the scene. It just it's like we'd moved on. So yeah, that was, <laughs> it was just really odd. Um, and Dominic reminds Brian that he still owes him this ten-second car. Yes. So um, he eventually drops him off in a taxi at. Dom's house, he gets invited into the little party that's going on there. Oh, God. Yes. A typical 90s or, the sorry, 2000 party in the United States of America in this house. Just <laughs> It's just people crawling all over each other. The Vince I've is sat never in the been corner. To a party like that. Vince is sat in the corner playing a $4,500 guitar. Which is, is uh, for, for guitar nerds out there, it's a Zach Wilde custom Les Paul. Um, he's a musician and, as well, right? This guy, he's actually playing that guitar. Yeah, he's, he's well. He, at least he's miming the right notes yeah. to it. Because um, I was I was paying attention to that because I usually hate when <laughs> I hate when actors are given guitars in films. It's like you can't play it. Yeah, I'm sure um, you're very picky with that. Yeah, and then you you get um, so so you move from one level of testosterone, which is the driving, to the next level of testosterone, which is the toxic masculinity. Yes, uh, because of course Vince sees Brian walks in and. Remember his little kind of um, Neanderthal brain remembers that he recognizes this man and he punched him earlier in the day. I don't like you. <laughs> and then stands up, stands up, calls him a buster. 
And uh, he got Vin Diesel going, I brought the buster here because he kept me out of handcuffs. Where the fuck were you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see a compilation of clips of the staring at each other in this movie, particularly between Paul and Lance, because they have a lot of staring competitions going on throughout the movie. Oh, yeah, there's so much staring. Yeah. Um. And the, yeah, so you get... um. Uh, oh yeah, the the, the other lines here. You, um, you want a drink? You can have anything you want as long as it's Corona. <laughs> <laughs> and you get the the second set of awkward flirting between um, Paul uh, Paul Walker and Mia. Yeah, there's no chemistry there at all. Literally none. None it's, at it's all. Like, it's like pouring water into water. Nothing yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Very strange. That, that I just don't see that at all. Definitely no, in this match. The um their relationship doesn't make sense. It makes less sense that um Vince is in love with Mia as well and is kind of jealous of um Brian. Yeah. Um and it creates this tension that doesn't go anywhere, I don't think. Like it never seems to be resolved. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It just uh it's like a, a subplot that isn't necessary. And like so many of the subplots in this film. <laughs> Uh, so where are we now? Um, uh, so, 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 so we're up to the garage now, aren't we? Yeah, so um, Dominic and his crew begin a long process of... Uh, uh, res- oh, sorry, Brian brings a damaged 1994 Toyota Supra to Dominic's garage as a replacement. Yeah, Dominic- so, so something, something like the engine is worth something. The rest of the... Like, the car's burnt out. Well, it's really funny, actually, because um, a bit of trivia, when Brian shows up with the Supra... Jesse is somewhat surprised to see that there is this 2JZ engine in the car, but he has no reason to since it was the only engine available in that generation of Supra. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very it's just, strange comment from him. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you get a little bit of a Jesse's character in this, and he's he's played off as having ADD. Um, yeah. And I don't think he plays it very well. Yeah. Um, I think he, he plays it, he plays it more OCD than ADD anyway, yes. but it's like it's almost like it's almost like he's playing Tourette's because he's kind of got ticks and he's like kind of very awkward and shifty. And it's like they've heard of ADD but haven't researched what it actually is, so they've just guessed as yeah what um, it does, made it up. Yeah, whereas like the vast ninety nine point nine nine percent of anyone with ADD, they have energy issues and behavior and attention issues, but it's not like that. It's not like that. Well, I I can't really speak for it because I don't have it, but you know, it's just like, it just comes off as very insincere how he plays it. Yeah, I agree. So when, Um, um, Oh, 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 and don't forget, we also get a list of parts because they start talking about everything that he needs into it. And this is then to go along with the scene that we had from earlier, where they're looking over the Mitsubishi eclipse and, and uh, Jesse's pointing out every single little part in there. Yep. It's, I, I, I swear, I, I don't know if this is product placement or just bad writing, but there, there is a lot of, like, really, it, it's almost like fetishization of car parts. Yeah, I guess it's really <laughs> aimed at the petrol heads that know their stuff. Although I do love the fact that when Jesse puts the floppy disk in the A drive to show Brian <laughs> that the super stuff, the, the, the computer power switch is actually in the off position. <laughs> It's also he puts this floppy disk in and shows this kind of 3D rendering thing that you would get in like a fucking Need for Speed game. Yeah. Of, the, of like, so he, it's like a wireframe of a uh, of the Super and it's like, well, these parts go here and this part goes here and they're just kind of like dragged into place. And it, like, I know it was 2001. Computers weren't that bad in 2001. 
they could do graphics. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely this really weird mismatch, and it, like, it almost looks it, like it, he's it, designed it. it. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. Like he's written the code for this in the last ten minutes. Like, <laughs> if you were to show me that on a film made in like 1994, fair enough. I would have thought, yeah, okay, you can get away with doing that because people knew fuck all about computers in 1994. Not in 2001. People knew computers. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a, a bit of a bonding scene a bit later after some more uh, general uh, staring and uh, thuggery between Brian and um, Vince. And then they end up having a bit of a barbecue and they end up renting a movie. And just for the trivia fans out there, the movie that's playing is Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which was also directed by Rob Cohen, who did this movie. Oh, So he snuck one of his subtle. own movies in there. And that, well, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's... that's uh... Yeah, that's um, yeah, that was just not a good scene at all, was it? Uh, very, very odd, and it's a again a mismatch of this bunch of characters, which they're still trying to. I think they're trying to put the scent off the audience to think that these guys couldn't possibly be pulling off these heists because it's trying to make yeah. them seem like they're normal people that have a barbecue and they're oh, friends. I mean, they're not normal people. I mean, you get that scene with like where it's like. They're about to sit down to eat after yeah. Vince's ha- Vince's had his paddy and wandered off. Yeah, and um, and he's and he says to Jesse, uh, Dominic says to Jesse, um, Do say, say grace. grace, yeah, and he says, thank you, Lord, for this car part, this car part. It's like God, their entire personalities are car. <laughs> it, at that point, you, I was losing the will to live because it's just like, oh come on. <laughs> Nobody is that obsessed with cars. Well, when asked to say grace, they would thank the Lord for parts of cars. <laughs> and the rest of them around the table, they're all chuckling. They're all like, oh, yes, yes, it's a good one. I say, no, no, stop humoring this dialogue. This is no, no, stop it. Bad writer, bad. Yeah, it's definitely a weird scene for it without a doubt. So it's finally we get to see uh, Brian um, actually being the cop where he uh, (laughs) shows that he's investigating Tran and he's convinced that actually Tran is the mastermind behind the the truck hijacking. So we get to meet his supervisor, who is basically Ted Levine, who's more famous for saying she puts the lotion in the basket. (laughs) Oh, that's where I know him from. Fuck me. Yes. And it's Silence of the Lambs for those that didn't recognise my awful impression. Yeah, I mean, I like this. I like the kind of the police exposition scenes, apart from the fact that it does it pours petrol onto the fire that is Brian's bad police work. Yeah, and it's it's obviously got the shouty head boss who always has to be in police movies oh, or yeah. some description and plots. Is that he has to be really shouty and just yeah, well, just shouty, very shouty, shouty, very shouty. Um, yeah, the, I mean, it's just like, yeah, Brian's absolutely adamant. It can't be Dominic. It can't be Dominic. Need more yeah. time. I think it's the yep. trans. It's just like, no, it's not. It's Dominic. Like, like the, 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 the police are saying, like, we know it's him. We need you to get the evidence. And I, I think it's the trans. Yeah, they suspect <laughs> the Latinos, the trans. It's always everybody else, but the the more obvious people who it actually is. But although, and I will say, I, I was, this is, this is a big big, big, big hole in the plot that you can drive a truck through that's been attacked by several uh, Hondas. Um, <laughs> nothing is established early on in the film to tell the audience that it's a red herring, that, like, don't... Like, 
the only way that we know that Dominic is um is the one perpetuating these crimes before you actually see him do it in the film um is that you're told it by the police officer uh, mm. by the police chief and the FBI guy and it's just like it's just flat out telling the audience no we know it's him find get get us evidence which is fine but there's nothing like there's no Dominic sneaking off there's yeah. no hushed conversations that Brian kind of walks in on or anything like that. There's yeah, nothing yeah. suspicious like that. Considering he's need... living in their world pretty much. Yeah, and it's like it's it's almost just like this glorification of Dominic and his collective. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um so at this point, um oh yeah, and also it's 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 like this is the best plan that the police can come up with. Like this whole <laughs> thing about having this beautiful undercover cop going into this ring of dodgy mechanics. I mean, couldn't they have followed these people for a while to actually spot them when they're doing it? It just... Well, the, the, the thing this is... This whole they could, plan is just so weird. The thing is that they could have done... They, I mean, they could have had other intelligence that said it, but again, they, for all they tell you that it's definitely dumb, they don't tell you what they have on him, you know? Yeah. It's just like... It, it's almost like that. Like they know Dominic is the street racing god or, like, there's people... Like, the the... The street racing underworld adore this guy. He's like, oh, fucking must be him. No one else drives like him, which I actually think is pretty much all they have on him. Yeah. <laughs> they and know the he's a good driver. For, he spent $40,000, I think it was, did they say, that the Mitsubishi cost him after it got shot 80 up. grand. I was 80. 80, 80 well, grand I mean, for the Mitsubishi. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, how much are they spending on this operation? <laughs> and well, it's, this is the plan that they come up with. There's no way right. that would have got past uh, the head honchos. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, it's so like they've got the they're they're operating out of a seized mansion in the Hollywood Hills, um, and there's like there's loads of officers there. There's like far more people than there should be to monitor Dominic fucking Toretto. Toretto. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's like why is there a command center for this? Why are there people on computers? Why are there teams? Yeah, why are they not following <laughs> the other guys? Just this one team, you know? Yeah. Why is there not multiple undercover operators? You know, <laughs> why is there not someone in Johnny Tran's team, like trying yeah. to work out if it's the trans? Why is there not Absolutely. someone in the Hispanics team? Like, it's just no, no, just, 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 just fucking Brian O'Connor. Just send him in. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, whilst they're investigating one garage at night, Brian is discovered by Dominic and Vince. Uh, Brian manages to pull off a very unconvincing attempt at researching the opponent's vehicles for an upcoming desert race war. I mean, I literally thought his cover was blown here. When they they said, it's race wars, I'm like, what what are we getting into here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Race wars? (laughs) No, this is not the film I signed up for. Thank God it's not an actual race war, but good Lord. (laughs) Because it does hint at that as well when you think you've got the Latinos, you've got the Chinese. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, okay. (laughs) Nah, I I, I couldn't believe believe it just went out of his proper spit take when Dominic said race wars. Yeah, this movie hasn't aged well. But uh, yeah, the. Uh... To be honest, I think looking at Wikipedia, I think, oh no, it's not an actual thing. It is the thing for the Fast and the Furious. God almighty, it was. It, it had a hyperlink on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, please tell me this isn't actually a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the guys eventually believe Brian, which just does not make sense. But anyway, they uh, the trio investigate Trans Garage and discover that there's a large quantity of electronic goods. So Brian reports the discovery and then they set up. Um, 
a bust basically on Tran and uh, Lance are arrested. So basically they just go, yep, that's right. With no other evidence apart from the fact that what they found and bust into the guy's home, they destroy the house almost. Yeah. Uh, a very, very strange squad, a SWAT team. Um, the electronics are proved to be purchased legally. And there's lots of them. Yeah, so just that, in the garage. Like it's not like it's not like it's like a, a shipping container or like a warehouse or anything. Yeah. Like that. No, it's just in the side of their race garage. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just so random. And uh, Brian is forced to confront the suspicion that Dominic is actually the true mastermind, which we've already all worked out. Well, no, and we haven't bro- worked out. We've just been told it. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's obviously obvious from the plot that we know it's going to go down that route for us. And Brian is given 36 hours to find the high screw. They're always very definitive in these movies. To, you've got oh, yeah, 36 hours to do this. We we, I'm, we have missed the scene, I think, or we've come to the scene at this point where we get to see uh, Dominic's dad's car. Oh, yes. Which is... It's a um, lovely car. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a Dodge Charger that you can't see over the bonnet for because it's got a fucking ridiculous air intake. Um... <laughs> And like you, get, a PS5. You, you, you get this speech <laughs> about like how his dad was killed driving stock cars and stuff like that. And uh, 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 Bri- Brian, asks, uh, Bri- yeah, Brian asks Dominic, "Is uh, how fast it goes?" Don't know. Too afraid to drive it. <laughs> um, but you get the ultimate quote, which I've had to find. And this, this, this one, this one's the big one. This is, this is bigger than uh, apparently than than it's all family. Um, where he says, "I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters. Not the mortgage. Not the store. Not my team and all their bullshit. For those ten seconds or less, I'm free." And I collapsed inside of myself, cringing at that <laughs> line. <laughs> because I mean, credit to Vin Diesel, he says it very earnestly. He yeah. says it very truthfully, like he believes it. Oh God! Yes, it I live is my life a quarter mile at a time. Fuck you, whoever wrote this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like you say. There's this sort of had that been written better, it would have been a hell of a lot more of an impact of a scene. But it's just you can imagine maybe Paul Walker, the other side of the camera, just giggling away as that's being delivered. You know. I mean, you would only need to just change that first sentence where he says, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. You say, I live for racing. Yeah. Nothing matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team, they're bullshit. For the 10 seconds I'm racing, I'm free. That works so much better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus wept. Um, then there's also the fact that you know he he talks about this really traumatic incident where he watches his dad die and it's like a stock oh, car accident. A, that's really too far. Yeah, it goes and something along the lines of he I heard it. him screaming. Everybody else said they heard, didn't hear anything. Then they said it was me screaming. It was just- yeah, and like. If the character is that traumatized by what happened to the dad, why did they dedicated their life to street racing? <laughs> if they see what racing can do to a person, if they had that traumatic inc- incident, why are you racing, you fucking smooth-brained idiot? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's really trying to create a, an awful lot of character in the space of five minutes. Trying to explain <laughs> you know, his motives. It's just, yeah, very, very strange. 
Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Poor, very poor. Yeah, we we we, we now get on to kind of like the they, they go for, the two of them go for a drive, and you have again another exposition scene at the kind of beachside road stop thing where Paul Walker, uh, where uh, I keep calling Paul Walker. Brian says um, points out that he knows that they're into something and he wants yeah. in. And then he finally points out that everything that we've all thought is how on earth do they earn their money and afford everything. And he points that out quite clearly. Yeah. And then... Because he's done police work. <laughs> and then Toretto's kind of like, oh, I just so happen to have the directions on me. Here they are. Meet you at Race Wars doesn't say anything else about it. Yeah. Just... And I, th- I think also get the impression, bear in mind that they drove there together, that he just gets up and walks off and buggers off by himself. <laughs> It's like, oh, well, hang on, yeah, I'll, I'll wait for you over here. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and again, more scenes where the camera is glued to women's asses yep, as they kind of drive into the car park and it swings across and it's just beautiful ladies everywhere. It's just, oh, good God. <laughs> so the following day, Dominic and Brian attend the race war. There. <laughs> Sorry, I'm never going to get used to hearing that. <laughs> Dominic, Brian, Dominic and Brian went to a race war. <laughs> <laughs> they have their white hoods on and everything. <laughs> Flaming me. pitchforks. And, uh... <laughs> of all the things to call it, why race war? They could have said the desert race or something, you know? That's anything, anything would have been better. Than... And they're not even racing in the desert, it's on a fucking airstrip. <laughs> <laughs> so there. All of a sudden, completely out of the blue, we've at no point had any thought that Jesse actually drives in this movie. No, 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 no. Sudden... We, we 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 have seen him. We've seen him. We've seen him in the in his um in the Jetta in the very opening scene. Oh, I, I forgot up. about that. Yeah, when we, we, when you get that cavalcade of multicolored cars turning up, he's in there uh, in the Jetta. Yes, they're in formation like the um. <laughs> what was the uh, I can't think of Air Force? What they're called? Red arrows. Yes, thank you. Um. So yeah, the. Jesse wages his father's... Um, I'm only pointing out what it's written here. This is all nicked from Wikipedia. So his father's MK3 Volkswagen Jetta. Mark III. The Mark, um, the Mark, Mark III VW Jetta against Trans Honda S2000. A race the that there is of no concept because one of them is a family saloon car, which, granted, it's modified. And the other is a roadster, which is also modified. At the baseline speed of a Honda S2000 is... Vastly faster than a VW Jetta. <laughs> so it's clearly uh, it was, relying it was, it was, on the NOS. Yeah, it was it was a Bora in this country. The Jetta. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now that was that's a race that even modded to fuck should never have happened because a Honda S two thousand is actually a performance car. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a. Again, it's this whole focus on NOS. So it's not even really a skill of driving. It's. The time of using the NOS of well, pressing he, a button. He, yeah, he, he even says that. I can't remember whether it's um, Tran says it or whether it's Dominic says it, but he's like, he's like you hit the button too soon. Uh, Tran says it too soon. Yeah, Tran says it. says too yeah. soon, boy, or something. Yeah, and it's just like... So there was there was also no lead-up to that. It's just all of a sudden there's Jesse and Tran on the starting line. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like... Don't see, you don't see them ch- challenging each other or it's nope. like like a squad beef or anything like that. It's just like... Not at all. Not at it's all. Just it's like, just really... Why, it looks like almost watching this? something's been cut from that, you know? It, it has to be. There has to have been more dialogue in there for that because it, it fucking needs more dialogue in there for that. 
So then um, I think the whole thing's actually set up for the fact that um, Dominic has a fight um, with Tran and um, because Tran got arrested, he shouted out, knock, knock. And Dominic obviously loses his rag because he clearly hates being called a knock for some reason. And then um, it kind of shows what would happen from Dominic if he finds out that anybody's a narc and Paul Walker's like, oh shit, what have I got myself into? This is what would happen if they find out I'm a narc. Mm. And then literally... Five minutes later, next next dialogue scene. Because he watches Dominic and Vince and Letty drive off. Also, we haven't really discussed Letty because she's not a character in this. Yeah, she's got no backstory. There's no nope. information on her at all, apart no from no backstory, being no dialogue, other, other than the fact that she's cheeky. in a relationship with Dom, mm. and that's it. And it it's a real waste of Michelle Rodriguez because she's a Absolutely. good actress. She just gurns a lot in this movie, trying to look really yeah. tough as a girl. Like, yeah, like, and I don't know how they like they styled her or did a makeup or whatever. I didn't recognize her as Michelle Rodriguez first, but like, this is the same. Like, she, sorry, the year before she was in Resident Evil, and she kicked ass in that. Yes, she know? did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like as soon as he sees uh, Dom drive off into the darkness, he turns to he turns to Mia, blows his cover, tells her that he's a cop. <laughs> says, I need to find him. Where's he going? Where are the cars stashed? And she's well, like, this is the thing actually. He, he actually says to um, Brian. Dominic says to Brian something along the lines of, "I've got to go and find Jesse before Tram finds him." And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, but now he actually also has decided that he's got time to pull off one last heist whilst he actually should be out looking for his mate. <laughs> well, they don't actually go looking for Jesse, do they? Nope, they, they not just, at all. They just give not up on the all. idea of him. Yep. Um, and yeah, so like, like, like leading up to this, like Mia and um, Brian have been having a relationship. You, you get a wonderful scene after they've had sex in the car park shop, which is romantic for any date. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he just flat out blows his cover, just tells her he's a cop. And yep. while she's kind of processing the shock of this man that she's been flirting with and like has ex- and the excitement of a new relationship with, he's actually been lying to her for the past month and a half. Um, <laughs> he didn't need to tell her he was a cop. No. He could have just said, I've just found out something's happened to them. I've got to go and help them. Where have they gone? It's a life and death situation. There's a yeah. bomb in their car. He could have said anything. But anything he goes, no, at all. I'm just going to blow my cover. Yeah, and then and then even better it's like the the, the driving like she doesn't know where the car cars are stashed. Yep. Um, she, she just says it's somewhere in the area, and so he fucking rings up rings up the police switchboard and gets a trace on the on the phone number and hands her the phone to give Dominic's phone number over to them. It's like, what is wrong with you? Also, why don't you have Dominic's phone number? You've been in his crew for weeks. You should have been able to fucking ring him. <laughs> he hasn't been taking a, a lot of details downward as a cop, has he? Well, ne- the man's never made a note. There's never his been diary, a note. It just says day three. Vroom, vroom. Day four. <laughs> <laughs> day four, tuna. You know, it's just no, no notes, has he? No notes no, at all. It's absolute insanity. And, um,. <laughs> Yeah, they've, they've stashed the cars behind. I think it's behind the LA Observatory. If I'm if I'm perfectly honest, I don't know yeah, where. I couldn't tell you the location, but I thought it was like a Coliseum at one point. Yeah, but it's just like three cars just left in a really reasonably public place, <laughs> covered, <laughs> covered. Um, and we get the we get yeah, the they, big action scene. They attack a semi trader truck. They're one man down, uh, but they still go ahead as it's their final heist. Um, once they start. 
trying to do their normal takedown of the truck, it turns out that the driver is armed and shoots at Vince and runs Letty off the road. Brian, with that really helpful trace, manages to work out where they are. 40 miles away, I think he pointed out. It would have taken him some time to still get there. Well, bear in mind, they'll be going at like 70 miles an hour anyway, so he's going to be gunning it for still probably nearly half an hour to catch up to them. So, yeah, I think this probably heist would have already failed by the time he got there. But anyway, Brian arrives and then um, with Mia and rescues Vince. Although Vince has this awful part in the movie where he's hanging for dear life with his wire wrapped around his arm. Literally I mean, I, turned I, him to, into a kebab. I mean, to be fair, I was enjoying that because I was really enjoying the character suffering because he's such an unsufferable cunt. <laughs> like, I was really enjoying his suffering. Um, I mean, to be fair, this scene is fine. There's nothing really wrong with it. It's, you know, it's... A co- it's obviously copying us what would happen in the opening scene, yep. um, but with the added wrinkle that the driver is now armed. Fair enough. I like the fact that the sh- that they showed the driver reloading because at one point I did say to Pippa says, "Has he got infinite ammo in that shotgun?" Yeah. yeah. And then lit- literally the camera cuts to him, kind of like with a shotgun on his lap, kind of putting more shells into his. Oh, fair enough. I'm yeah. fine with that. Obviously, he'd be deaf firing <laughs> a shotgun in his cab, but you know, fair enough. Um. It's not really shown that Vince gets shot, but he is shot. Um, yes, I thought that was a bit odd because I don't recall him being hit. Yeah, um, and also like the car, despite the amount of abuse that the car, like the amount of times the cars get shot and stuff like that, they seem to be running quite well. Yes, <laughs> and the driver of the truck manages to shoot his own engine three times, and it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> they built them really I, well. Wait, back well then. It, it's not. In fact, it's not just shooting. He's a, he shoots through the radiator at the front three yep. times. <laughs> I mean, fair play. Maybe they make American trucks better with like radiators that can survive bullets. I don't know. But... Yeah, they probably need them over in the states. <laughs> <laughs> but um... yeah, they eventually um, get Vince off the uh, the truck, and they pull over to the side. They um, Brian arrives and uh, tries to realizes he's in a bad condition, so he's forced to reveal his identity to call in the emergency medical care to save um, Vince. Uh, Dominic and everybody else obviously aren't very happy and they go off. Sometime later, Brian arrives at Dominic's house to apprehend him. He's getting his father's, as he's getting his father's 1970 Dodge Charger out of the garage. He demands that Brian leave since he's not running, but he's going to rescue Jesse, who has one, no one else to look after him. Instead, inexplicably, Jesse suddenly arrives where they are and pleads yep. for protection. And then Tran and Lance, inexplicably, for no apparent reason, <laughs> ride by at the exact same time that Jesse's turned up and shoot him. And then, yeah. and then it's just, big... such a random event yeah. that they'd all be there in the same place. It's just, yeah, no thought process has gone into this it, at it, all. It's what I like to refer to as a confluence of bullshit. <laughs> because it's several years. It's bullshit that. Brian turns up at the house and Dominic's still there. It's bullshit that Jesse arrives and it's further bullshit that Tran and Lance arrive on separate motorbikes. So, yeah. and, uh, you know what the thing is? For, the, for a film called The Fast and the Furious, the car chase that then happens is not particularly fast nor is it furious. In fact, it's rather dull. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, you can see like the director's going for a few bullet-style shots because they have them jumping over, up and down hills in, yeah. in L.A., yeah. Yeah. Um, the the whole the, the the way the Tran is killed is just. If I, actually that might be one of the stupidest things in the film because that's because that's uh, Brian is chasing down Tran. Tran's on the bike and starting to accelerate away, so Brian just t- 
turns the car onto its on side, its side, reaches the gun out, shoots three times, and kills Tran. As I, I'm, I'm sorry, that bike is accelerating away from you, and you've stopped. <laughs> like he will be gone in a second. You are not that. You're that bad a policeman. You are not that good with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that good a driver either. So yeah. No. If you remember at the beginning of the movie, he spun out and then all of a sudden he's able to pull out all these manoeuvres later in the movie and then pull that side stop and shoot, yeah. yeah. He's developing skills rapidly. Yeah, he's just levelling up as he goes. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, um, then, then, then it's the climactic car chase, isn't it? Yeah, this is really oh. odd. So then <laughs> Brian pursues Dominic and they both eventually agree to a quarter-mile drag race inexplicably whilst they're running away from Why? each other. They stop at a traffic light. He explains that it's a quarter-mile drag race to the train track. And, um, again, they didn't even mention that the fact the train is actually coming. They just stopped there. Yeah. So they could have actually waited for the train to go and still done the race. But they decided to make it even more daring by this incoming train. And off they go. And they make it through in this beautifully shot action scene, even though it's totally ridiculous. And they make it through. And then... Because he looks, they look at each other like, yeah, we're awesome. He actually loses concentration and totals his car from a parked car. Oh, no, sorry. No, no, it's a truck pulling into the lane. Yeah, he whacks the front of the truck and completely wrecks the Dodge. Yeah. I have issues, several issues. One, you're a policeman. Why are you doing a drag race with the person you're there to arrest? Two, why are you stupid enough to do a drag race over a train track? Yep. Three, why why were you looking all bromancy at him as you finish said drag race? And then four, the biggest problem I have, which is what happens immediately afterwards, where, oh, where, yes. Paul, where Brian gets out of the car, helps Vin Diesel out of it, brushes him off and all that. You hear sirens in the distance, which is like, oh, yeah, they're going to arrest him. Great. And he hands him the keys to the Supra. He says, I still owe you a 10-second car. <laughs> Thanks. And he gets in the car and drives. He is the worst policeman! He is the he, worst policeman in the fucking world! He's been defending his position as a policeman <laughs> to his supervisors throughout the movie. Every time he calls that they're chasing the wrong people and they're not him, it's not him, let's get the right bullets, do this right. I want, you know, I want 33 more days to get them sort of thing. He still wants to arrest them. And then he does that. Yes. He gives up his career for this guy. And he's just, just, just as, as Dominic drives away, you just get this lingering shot of Paul Walker just kind of staring into the sky. Like, it's just, like oh. uh, clearly with the thought in his head going, I did the right thing here. Like, no, <laughs> no, you didn't. You fucking didn't. <laughs> you just, you had one job, which was to find evidence on this guy. And you got it. You rescued him and you let him go. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and Fucking... did, you know... <laughs> did you know at the end, there is an end of credit sequence to this? I didn't because I turned, as soon as those credits hit, I turned it off with absolute vengeance. <laughs> so after all this, and you talk about the meme, which I, don't, I guess we don't really know much about yet because it's, it claims it's about family. <laughs> but the end bit has him in Mexico driving this nice Chevrolet and he, it just shows him driving it through Mexico, where he's obviously made it um, away from the police. And then he quotes himself again. You hear the voiceover about him driving that he's free. And it's like, it does, he clearly doesn't give a shit about any of the people. No. That he's just 
you know, he's saying, I love you, I'll come back for you, I'll save you, all this kind of thing. Like, I know he mentions also in the quote that he doesn't give a shit about his team, but he really doesn't because he's been no. to Mexico. Doesn't give a he's shit about okay. his girlfriend, his sister. Nope. The fact that um, his, one of his crew was gunned down in front of him. Yep. No word on what's going on with Vince. I mean, and I assume he's been arrested. Brian but... fell in love with. It's just... Oh, yeah. It, it's so stupid. And people rate this as kind of like in the middle of the pack on this one. That means there's worse than this. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know quite what we've got ourselves into. I'm, and I, I, Sticky no. or Oodle said this is like point break with cars. I mean, it, no, it just is Point Break because it's literally the same story as Point Break. But it is, done but worse. Point Break is better, without a doubt. No, Point Break is flat out good. This isn't. I like Point Break, I really did. <laughs> like, this is just, yeah, there's definitely issues with the script. Um, certainly some of the CGI with the car racing. Um, I mean, the, the, I mean this, this, the script is a first draft at best. Yeah. Like, that needed several more revisions. Um inexplicable casting of some people like yeah. I mean Ja Rule gets a main credit he's in it for two and a half minutes yeah absolutely well, um, again it's all about the soundtrack isn't it well true the soundtrack is fucking great it's so 2001 as I was getting <laughs> so many re- uh, so many retro vibes from that <laughs> but oh jeez no this film was not good like and, and this is not me being kind of like elitist like I like big dumb films like I, yeah. I fucking love shit like like, I I like the really random like creature creature feature films like you know like Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. I know they're shit, but I enjoy them. This is like <laughs> this is worse because it's like it's <sighs> it's not self aware. No, and I think that's the problem. It's playing it so seriously. Yeah. Um, you have an, a a cast who either can't act or can't be directed by this director. Yeah. Um, you have ac- you. I mean, it's a film about street racing, with no actual street racing in it because it's all Very CGI. Little. Yeah, it's um, just... and there's and there's there's only what three racing scenes in it in total. Yeah, there's the one at the beginning. There's um Tran versus Jesse, and then there's the one at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just it's weak. Like the dialogue and exposition sections are mediocre at best. They underuse most of the cast. Like I say, like Michelle Rodriguez has no role in this film as Letty. Yeah. There's just no point to her even being cast other than to be kissing Vin Diesel. That's literally the only thing she's in that film for. And having a female presence in the garage, you know, that she obviously <sighs> she's a petrol yeah. head. And it's just gone for that that sort yeah. of stereotype. That the, girls um, can be into cars as well. You know? The 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 kind of the police side of things, like I say, they're told where the, the audience is told that Dominic is up to no good. It's never shown until the very end. Yeah. And it's it's treated as if it's supposed to be this grand twist, but it's like, well, it's not, because you haven't set the twist up, <laughs> you know? And you've actually had characters flat out explain that, no, this is a bad guy. <laughs> um, like, like I, I was saying to Pip about it, like, this film could be fixed quite easily. Mm-hmm. So I would have had it if I were to fix this film, if I were to go all sequelizers with this and, and fix this film, I would keep actually a fair chunk of it the same. I would fire the writer and get a good one in. I would fire the director and get a good one in. Um, but I would change it around where Dominic isn't the baddie, Dominic isn't doing the crimes, Vince is. Because Vince is set up as this antagonist with, and he's just a pointless antagonist. He's like a school bully. He just doesn't yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brian. 
if you set him up as kind of being threatened by Brian getting close to um, Dominic because Vince is kind of playing under the, under Dominic's nose to do to move all this shit and do that kind of thing, and Dominic has no idea about it, I think you have a better film there. And it makes it it then generates the more of the family stuff between Brian and Dominic because at the end of it, it's just like, I'm a cop. This has been happening under your nose. Oh my God, let's work together and stop him. Great. Perfect way to end that film, you know? Mm. But as it is, it's just lazy. And- yeah, and, and as we pointed out, it just, the whole thing is about an undercover case and he ends up just completely, and, yes, I know it's happened before. And like The Departed and all sorts of other movies where the undercover guy is either in too deep or he's starting to bond with the people that he's with. But the the time scale in this movie as well is way too short for that to have developed yeah, like that quickly. A couple of weeks, if that. Yeah, something like that. And all of a sudden it's like this, yeah, I get you, man. You know, here, take the car and get out of here. You know, I'll just risk my entire career for it. You know, it's, oh. yeah, it's just... Poor, really I was poor. so mad with the way that film ended. Like, I would have given it a pass if he'd arrested Dominic at the end of it. Yeah, I would have given him a. I would have given the film a pass. I would have said I didn't enjoy this, but it's a film. Mm. As it stands, because he lets Dominic go, this is possibly a crime. I think, like, because why? Why should we be sympathetic to Dominic? Why should we be sympathetic to any of them? Like he, Brian is the worst policeman. He should lose his job. He should go to prison. And oh god, I really hope that he starts as a something disgraced in the next film because Jesus, that he needs to be punished quite wildly. That was so, just awful. I'm trying to find out how much money this movie made. So it, I, I've got Wikipedia open here. A budget of thirty-eight million dollars. Uh, box office takings two hundred and seven point three million dollars. So, so I, mean, I mean, I mean, by Hollywood standards, by a percentage, that's an incredible success. Which is how we've got into the fact that Fast Nine has just come out. Yeah, but based on that movie, it's interesting that it's done so well because who's it aimed at? It's aimed at teenagers, petrol heads, action fans. They're the sort of people that are kind of interested in seeing this. But as a movie, as a whole, of all those parts, it's not great in all of them. It's not a great action movie. It's not a great car movie because they do appear, but very little actually happens with them in general. Um, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, there's just the action is a bit hit and miss as well. It's, it's just, I find it really strange that it's so popular. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get it. And I think it's possibly one of these, like, I think I think a lot of fans of The Fast and the Furious, um, who are out, who are kind of out, what I would say is our age, you know, this kind of 30s, 40s kind of people. I think they saw this as teenagers and probably haven't seen it since. Yeah, it is, I th- it's definitely I think, that. I think if I, I mean, how old was it when that came out? I would have been 15 when that film came out. If I saw it at 15, I probably thought it was the best thing in the world. Because it wasn't it's, much it's, like it, it around there at the time either with these. Well, no, th- that's that's the thing. It's quite unique in that it's a it's a very teenage mind action film. Um, it thinks it's deeper than it is. There's a lot of this kind of self. Uh, I don't want to. Say, it's almost like masturbatory dialogue, where they're um, they're just talking themselves up for the sake of it. It 
this feels like the kind of film that people who read Max Power and Redline magazine in the early 2000s would have enjoyed. (laughs) And I think that's who it's aimed at. And fair enough, if you're one of those people, like, I have no in- I have no interest in performance tuning. I think I have I would have I have more interest in supercars if you mm. want to talk about it like that. So like the, there's that that scene where um Brian and Dom are on the drive to the beach cafe thing and they come up next to a Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. Challenges them a street race and there's this kind of dick waving thing. It's like, oh bet you bet I can outrun your Ferrari kind of shit. And it's just like I'd rather be driving the Ferrari out of the two cars, quite frankly. <laughs> I, you, you know, like, sure, your modded-up Supra might be faster than it, but if I could afford a Ferrari, I would be in a Ferrari. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, um, in, my, in, in my hometown, I've seen teenagers, who obviously old enough to drive, all park in these really weird places in town where they all get their cars together and they'll stand and check each other's cars out, but they're, they're not anything like you see in this movie. Well, yeah, they're, I mean... I mean you know, I mean, they're just that, that, Ford that, Focuses or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when when I was learning to drive, like, People, you know, the Citroen Saxo was a thing because, like, teenagers could buy that with free insurance for two years. And it's like, I remember Clarkson's, uh, Jeremy Clarkson on Top Gear saying, like, for a, for a teenager at the time, by getting a car with free insurance was more important than air, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you get those bods showing off their cars to each other and then yeah. nothing. And then you see this moving. Everyone's driving around at 80 grand cars, you know. Well, the, well the, thing, the thing is as well, the cars that they're driving, they're just, I mean, they're fast-ish cars anyway, but they're not the most expensive cars. Like a Mitsubishi Eclipse wouldn't have broken the bank. Neither would a Mazda RX-7. Like they're not race cars. Mm. They're all like 30, 40 grand cars when they're new. By our standards the, today. It's the parts inside. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's that tuna culture and parts. But like, from what I've seen from like trailers and clips of the later films, it goes more down towards muscle cars and supercars, I think. And that, that's kind of more my kind of thing that I'm interested in. I couldn't mm. give a shit about tuna culture. And uh, uh, I think I think I got annoyed with this film pushing that down my throat. Mm. You know, it's all the conversations about parts and like those long shots of like all the desks with all the parts neatly laid out on them and stuff like that. It's like that was all unnecessary to the film. Yeah, at least Pimp My Ride had speakers coming out the back and pool tables <laughs> and <laughs> arcade machines and, and stuff. Did, you know? Dom had that in the in the opening drag race. He he had that bass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, he, he had the bass coming out. Yeah, and like there's there's plenty of potential in this film. Like I'm not going to rag on it and say it's, I've, I mean I know I've said it's the worst thing in the world, but I'm just being hyperbolic. Like it's not the worst film I've ever seen, but. I don't get how this spawned a, a franchise of ten films, and like me, ultimate meme cultures, and um, like the the public outpouring when Paul Walker sadly died and stuff like that. Like I, yeah. I don't get it. But yeah. I mean, maybe seeing more of the film, I, I don't understand how this film got a sequel. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, and how like, it I don't made think that it, money is just. I mean, it it, it made a fuck ton of it made it made what six or seven times its budget. Fine, that's all, probably always going to guarantee it a sequel, but like. <laughs> artistically i don't know how this got a sequel because where do you take this yeah exactly i mean what happens next it's yeah it, it isn't it's not set up for a sequel really is it it's i'm really curious no. to see what happens next yeah yeah it's so, just set up for its own thing yeah so i guess we might as well ask you um how would you score this and i guess if there's nine movies with a tenth apparently possibly in production let's uh, score it out at 10 Okay. 
Um, I would score this Paul Walker's acting ability out of 10. <laughs> that seems like an accurate score. <laughs> so obviously this is going to go in straight into our what will be our little table of place points for the movies as we go. So it's obviously going to be the first one, so we can't really yeah. place it much more. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll be doing higher or lower with uh, yeah. with the subsequent films that come in. Is this higher than the previous film? Absolutely. But uh, yeah, that is the Fast and the Furious. So this is our first episode, which has nicely now gone in for a service. Um, this will be on our main feed, and uh, the rest of the series will be on Patreon. Yeah, if you want to hear the Too Fast, Too Furious one, and you're not subscribed to our Patreon, make sure you head over to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism and join us at either the modern escapees or the biggie bundle tiers, and you'll be able to hear it when this pops out. So join us next time for the first sequel. To the Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all their bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free.